Good morning, Santa Ray Church. I'm Deidre. And I'm Meredith. And this lovely friend had a baby less than a month ago. So Deidre, thank you for being here to welcome everybody. Yes. yes, I'm so thankful to be here and gathering online together. I'm also super grateful that I can fit my feet in my shoes again. <laughs> so we just want to say hello to everyone on our live platform right now, including those gathering and watch parties today. We definitely don't want to forget those watching or listening to this later. We really are so glad you're choosing to be with us today. For sure. And uh, to those of you that are joining us for the very first time, welcome. You're about to hear some logistical things that we run through every week so that you, our guests, along with all the familiar faces, know a little bit about what to expect and how to engage. First, if you or someone you know needs assistance or prayer in this season, we would love to help any way that we can. Also, if any of you have ideas on ways that we can serve each other, please email us at connect at centerwaychurch.com. Yeah, wherever you find yourself in your spiritual journey, we have resources available for you and the whole family. There are Monday, Wednesday, Friday devotionals that you can sign up for on the Next Steps page of the website. There are also wallpapers to remind you of the weekly application question uh, and a message just for our kids. Our Centerway kids get to hear a kid-friendly version of the same content and scriptures that you're about to hear. If you have kids in your home, you can talk about the application question together and grow as a family. And all these resources are available on our website. If you're watching live this morning, uh, there are tabs right on the live platform where you can share your information, you can give, take next steps, find previous messages, request prayer, and even share this message with your friends. If you're watching or listening to this later, you can do all those things through our website. One last thing to note, if you're looking to gather for a watch party or you want to host a watch party and just need help connecting with other people, email us, same email, connect at centerwaychurch.com and we will be happy to help. Absolutely. Here's what to expect today. In just a moment, Jason will be reading the scripture text for us. Claude will be communicating from the Bible and then you'll hear some ways to respond in worship. Immediately after the message, you can head over to Instagram Live or Facebook Live as a way to respond through song. Now here's Jason with the text for today. Good morning, Centerway. I am Jason. I hope you're having a wonderful weekend. I'll be reading today's scripture. It is from 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have won out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Good morning, my name is Claude, and my wife Meredith and I are the lead pastors at Centerway Church. Just want to welcome you, excited that you have the opportunity to join us as we continue in our series, For the Love. This morning's message is entitled, Examine. So, For the Love, Examine. 
We're continuing in our series through 1 John this morning, specifically 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, which you just heard read. And uh, as I started thinking about this morning's message, I was once again brought back to my college years. Um, I went to college at University of Valley Forge, my undergrad, and uh, it used to be an old um, army hospital back before it ever became a, a college or a university. And as a result, there were a whole mess of stories and rumors about, you know, how people died in some of these old buildings and things like that, just kind of absurd stuff. And uh, I remember one time in particular, uh, there was a group of us that went into some of the old abandoned buildings and we were just kind of checking them out. We were somewhere we weren't supposed to be. And uh, as we're in there, uh, one of the guys, you know, gets kind of quiet and somber and he's like, um, so guys, this is this is the room where it used to happen. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he kind of looks at us like, you know, kind of that look where somebody's telling you to go along with him. Like, this is where they used to to kill the people that they knew that they couldn't help. You know, it was just a different time. And, and if they didn't have the resources or the ability to really help these soldiers, they'd bring them into this room and they'd kill them here. And, uh, and we're like, wow, that's crazy, man. And so we're going along with what appears to be an absolutely absurd lie. Like, it, it's so unrealistic. Who in the world would believe that until we look over and we kind of hear this. <laughs> One of the girls with us is starting to cry. And we're like, uh, uh-oh. <laughs> you ever feel like there's like a joke or something that's gone too far and then there's kind of no coming back. There's no way to kind of deal with this situation. And so she legit goes from kind of like, like taken over by the emotion of it to begin to actually cry. And so immediately my friend's like, no, man, I'm just, I'm just messing around. So he starts laughing and we all kind of start laughing. And she's like, guys, this is not funny. It's not funny. And so we think... She thinks it's not funny that we've played a trick on her. So we're like, oh, come on. It's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. And so we're trying to like tell her it's not that big of a deal that we played a joke on her. She didn't hear the part about where we proclaim this to be a joke. She thought we were just laughing off the situation. And so in a moment of like fury and rage, she's like, guys, how dare you? We're like, whoa, she's really mad. She's like, people died here. People die here. You know, and we're like, oh, <laughs> she didn't hear us say we were kidding. And so we kind of start laughing and she's like, it's not funny. And, she, and we're like, no, no, no. Like, we know it's not funny. She's like, well, it's kind of hard to say you don't think it's funny when I can hear you laughing. What do you think I am, an idiot? And like, and they're like, uh, well. And like, no, like, we, we, we think it's funny that you believed us, but we don't think it's, you know, like, death isn't funny. And she's like, what do you mean believed us? We're like, we're joking. You didn't hear him say that. He was just kidding around. And she's like, what? And she's like wiping the tears away. We're like, yeah. And, and she immediately just gets embarrassed and she starts to get angry and frustrated. She can't believe she fell for that. Like it, it was such an unbelievable lie. But at the same time, she just kind of feels betrayed, you know, singled out in this group. And so the question I want us to consider as we begin into the text this morning is why is being gullible so embarrassing? Why is being gullible so embarrassing? I think the answer to the question is rather obvious. It's, it's embarrassing because we feel foolish. We feel vulnerable in that moment. And nobody likes to feel vulnerable. Nobody likes to feel like they're the moment uh, of, of focus, like the, in that moment, everybody's focusing on them. They're, they're the center of attention because they believed something unbelievable or uh, they, they fell for a trick. And so nobody likes to be deceived. 
But what makes deception worse is when we act on what we wrongly accepted as truth. Let me say that one more time. Nobody likes being deceived, obviously. But what makes deception worse is when we act on what we wrongly accepted as truth. Like that's when it kind of tips the scale. It's, it's one thing for her to be caught up in the moment and get emotional. And then when we kind of come clean that we were kidding. But the fact that she began to like act aggressively to the point where she didn't even hear us saying that we were kidding. She was so bought in and so deceived that she just began to, to put us in our place and declare that this was truth. Now, I realize that there are people that classify themselves as gullible. You know, like it's a laughing thing, like, oh, I'm so gullible, you know? And I also realized that as a result, there are those on the other side of the spectrum this morning, they're like, but I'm not gullible. Like, I wouldn't fall for that. I'm not that type of person. And that's fine. I'm not actually talking about that type of gullibility. I'm not talking about a personality trait or even an individual's propensity to be gullible per se. I'm talking about something broader, something that's more uh, inclusive of the entire world population. I'm talking about a human condition that none of us are exempt from. We as humans, like it or not, and I know that some of us hate this, we as humans can be deceived. We can be deceived. And in that moment of deception, there's a gullibility that comes with that. There's a willingness to believe what is not true. So whether it's buying into the world system of success that only leaves us wanting more, or if it's giving in to whatever our flesh desires, leaving us feeling empty, only desiring something that we seem to never be able to find to gratify ourselves. Or for those of us that are maybe more spiritual this morning, maybe you over-spiritualize situations and circumstances to justify what it is that you want or what it is that you don't want. You name the example. The reality is, we as humans believe lies. We make decisions based on those lies, and then we share them as if they're truth. We declare them as if they're truth. We're more gullible than we want to admit. John, the author of 1 John, addresses this struggle in this morning's text as he expounds on how we receive and display love by warning us against spiritual deception. Against spiritual deception specifically. That's what this text is focused on. So let's jump into verse 1 here. Verse 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. You see, so, so John is saying we have to guard against spiritual gullibility. We have to guard against that. We're told to test, to test the spirit. The, the Greek word used here means to rigorously examine. And it's in a present active imperative tense, okay? So that means like ongoing forever, right now, actively and always a command to rigorously examine. This is not something that, that you get delivered from. It's a fallen condition. It's a human condition. We are always called to test, to examine, for the love, examine examine. It's not a, a flip it. Um, so I think God is, is leading me or us to do this, right? That's not someone that has examined what it is that God may or may not be speaking. 
Sometimes we over-spiritualize stuff and just say, well, I, I think God's leading me to do it. Or I sense the Lord is in this. It, it might even sound Christian or godly. And so because it sounds Christian or godly, or because we heard it in church or around other Christians, then it kind of elevates it as gospel truth. But rather, we're, we're in fact commanded in this moment to continually and rigorously examine everything. Everything. You know, a couple weeks ago, uh, my wife Meredith uh, shared in the kids text, uh, she spoke to the Centerway kids, and one of the examples that she gave, she talked about how we as a family like to, to play this game called Two Truths and a Lie. Uh, my kids absolutely love it. In fact, I kind of enjoy it too. Um, it's just a fun way for us to get to know each other. Uh, you find out things that uh, your kids have done in school or, or have done with their friends that you're like, wait, wait, that's true? Like, yeah, yeah, I never told you that. Um, and as you can imagine, some of the ridiculous, absurd things that have happened to me, <laughs> that some of which you've heard uh, through messages, but my kids are like, no way that's true. <laughs> and my, Meredith's like, yeah, that's true. That happened to your dad. So this idea of two truths and a lie. What makes the two truths and a lie such a fun game is that you, you tell the lie as close to a truth as possible. It has to be believable, right? Otherwise, the game is terrible. And trust me, when my kids first started playing this, it was like, my favorite color is green. I like dogs. I've been on the moon. You're like, hmm which one could be the lie, right? It's like they just didn't get it. But as they get better at it, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm, I'm really teaching my kids to lie well. But in either case, that aside, what makes the game fun is when there's three things and they just stare at you like, no way, none of, none of those could be true or all of those could be true, right? It's got to be close to a truth. Listen, the best and most effective lies are the ones that sound like truth. Let me say that again, because I think we need to get it to settle into our hearts because some of us this morning are telling lies to ourselves. Some of us have been on the receiving end of lies being told to us, not situational, but about our identity, about our self-worth. And because the lie sounds Man, it sounds like truth. Or it comes from someone we think we can trust. We fall into a gullibility. And so let me say, the best, most effective lies are the ones that sound like truth. An obvious lie never works. But when a lie is believable, we can be deceived. Rigorously examine before acting. Rigorously examine. This isn't a popular stance. <laughs> When we take pause, people are quick to label. In a culture of, of tolerance, one can be labeled judgmental or accused of elevating our opinion or our truth over someone else's. So what's the balance? What does it look like when, when, when two people claim to be hearing from God? When there's, when there's a situation or a circumstance or a subject that comes up and somebody says, well, God is, is leading me to this. It's kind of like this trump card that, that people in Christian circles use. Well, well, God's telling me it. What do you think? They're like, wow, now I have to disagree with God if I disagree with you? That's absurd, right? 
So what does it look like? What, what does it look like when all of a sudden someone seems to be saying something that they're attributing to God and someone else is saying something that they're attributing to God? Who's right? How do we know? John gives us an answer. He gives us an answer in verses two and three. Let's read that together. It says this, by this, you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in, to, has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus, I'm sorry, yeah, that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. So John is is giving us a Christological standard in order to identify truth. That's how you find truth. You find truth between two people proclaiming to say what it is that God's speaking or an individual that's proclaiming to, to say truth by looking through the lens of Christ. Now, listen, you can ask these questions. This is what I mean to put some handles on this because you're like, what do you mean? I, I don't understand how we put Jesus in the center of a decision that someone might be making and, and declaring that it's a God decision. Here's some questions. Does this reveal Christ? If we do this, whatever the this is, if we agree with this person or that person, does this reveal Christ? Or does it reveal a preference or an opinion? Another question, does this elevate Christ? Or does it elevate a political party? I told you it wasn't going to be popular, right? Because all of our culture is pushing in on us all the time. It's amazing. And honestly, it's sad. I think, I think it saddens the heart of Christ, if I can be honest, that Christians, people proclaiming to be Christ followers, elevate worldly things over a Christ-like perspective. As if siding with a certain political party is somehow more Christian than another. How about this? Is another question. Does this make more disciples of Jesus? Or does it further some other agenda? You see, the questions aren't that complicated. That's how you look with a Christological perspective. You, you say, does this reveal Christ? Does it elevate Christ? Does it make more disciples of Jesus? Or is this about just a preference, an opinion, popular culture, whatever it might be? Get this, we have to test what people are saying, including ourselves, against what? Against the gospel truth. Against the gospel. If what we are thinking or hearing doesn't reveal, elevate, or make disciples of Jesus Christ, then we can't credit it as a God thing. We can't. We can't. It's just an opinion. And and by the way, it's okay to have an opinion. As long as you say, this is my opinion. But once somebody says, God is saying this, it's like they're pulling out a trump card and you've just got to be cautious about false teachers. That's what the text is talking about. So we're just moving through the text this morning. Something can feel right and even resonate with us, but the content is the determining factor for truth. The content. It may resonate with you as an American. It may resonate with you as a Republican, as a Democrat, as a man, as a woman. It may resonate with all these different labels. 
But ultimately, Jesus Christ did not lay down his life for labels. He laid down his life so that we could have identity as children of God, which means Jesus is the most important thing. It means revealing and elevating and making disciples of Jesus Christ is all that matters. That's it. It doesn't matter how you identify yourself. What matters is it, is it revealing Christ. Because Jesus says that he is the way, that he is truth. This shouldn't be a surprise, but if you claimed, you know, God speak, if you, if you kind of claim some God speak or, or God, uh, the idea that God doesn't elevate Christ, if, if this God speak or this idea, sorry, I got a little distracted because it's pouring rain here. Hopefully you're not hearing that through the audio. If you are, just bear with us because I'm not restarting this. So we're going to continue to move on. It shouldn't be a surprise, but if claimed God speak or God idea doesn't elevate Christ, that means it elevates something else, right? It, it either elevates Jesus or it elevates something else. And if it elevates something else, it means it's elevating something other than Christ. Something other than Jesus is anti-Jesus or anti-Christ. So for the love, examine, examine. Let's move on with verse four. Verse four says this, little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Now, it's encouraging, right? It's encouraging that we don't have to be our own source of strength. But it kind of seems like this verse is out of context, that it's like out of place. That's because it's proactive encouragement. John is encouraging us because of what he's about to say in verses 5 through 6. So let's look at verses 5 through 6 here. It says this, they are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. It's kind of common sense. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So he's speaking specifically to Christians. And so I want to speak specifically to Christians for a moment. If you call yourself a Christ follower, don't be shocked that the world may not listen to you. Don't be shocked that when you elevate Christ in your decision-making, that when your identity as child of God matters more than your identity associated with a political party or a trend in culture or something like that, don't be shocked that they're going to disagree because the spirit that is within you is stronger than the spirit that is within the world. And so we should be encouraged and we should hold tight to what it is that Jesus is speaking and revealing. If we're Christ-centered, the world is humankind-centered. It's a material system. And, and so again, John is talking about this idea of conflicting systems, that it's an either or, and that we shouldn't be shocked by the stark differences. It's why we must examine. Otherwise, we're fooled into discussing and arguing lesser things. Think about that for a second. Think about how many, how many Christ followers are put off mission 
They're put off mission because they're so obsessed with, with this cultural truth, this thing, this, this cultural thing. It's, it's so important, whether it's politically driven or agenda driven or whatever it might be, that they, they, they are actually falling into a level of spiritual gullibility that's causing them to be off mission, literally believing lies while alienating those that we're called to reach. Instead of focusing on declaring truth. I know a lot of people that have articulated the reason why they're incapable of of hearing the gospel, why they're incapable of attending a church, is because all you Christians are blank, 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 fill in the blank. And you dig a little deeper and you find out that really they were offended by a Christian that was more obsessed with an agenda than they were about doing what Jesus had called them to do. Let's create an environment where people are offended by the gospel instead of being offended by us, by our opinions, by our preconceived ideas, by our interpretation of the world system. Who cares? Who cares about your politics? Who cares about your thoughts? Who cares about all that? And I'm saying that to myself too. It doesn't matter. It's a lesser thing. It's a lesser thing. We have to focus on the gospel truth because that's our mission. And that's what keeps us from becoming gullible and getting wrapped up into lies. It's the thing that reveals truth into our lives. And so we say every week at Centerway that the text requires something of us. And this week obviously is no different. The the question I want to ask you as you consider this message this morning is this, What lie will I take authority over this week? What lie will I take authority over this week? We all believe some form of a lie, whether it's imposed from the world or or even, you know, well-meaning people that just speak lies over our lives. And so I want to challenge you, maybe this morning the application is this lie that you can somehow save yourself. And your application maybe is to say the way I take authority over that lie is to surrender to Jesus and allow him to be the Lord and leader of my life, to accept the fact that he died on the cross and paid a price that I could never pay so that I could walk in freedom. If that's you this morning, you can pray a simple prayer asking Jesus to be the Lord and leader of your life, to forgive you of your sins. And if you want to pray that prayer with one of us, we'd, we'd welcome you to click the button if you're joining us live for prayer, and we'll walk you through that. Otherwise, you can feel free to pray that prayer in the privacy of wherever you find yourself right now. And we encourage you to email us at connect at centerwaychurch.com just to let us know that you prayed that prayer, that you made that decision so we could talk about next steps. For others of you this morning, maybe your application looks a little different. Maybe it's the idea that you've been caught up in material things. You've been caught up in the rights as an American, that that for some reason your identity as an American has trumped your identity as a child of God. And you need to bring balance to that. You need to speak the gospel truth. You need to reorient your heart and mind over the mission that God has sent you to, to, to be an influencer in every sphere that God places you in. And so I want to challenge you for the love, examine, Don't simply examine what others are saying, but also examine your heart this week. Allow the Lord to begin to put his finger on the lies that you're believing and take authority over those things in the name of Jesus Christ. 
to decipher truth and to speak it over you, over your loved ones, your family, your coworkers, your friends, your classmates, those that you play sports with, whatever it looks like. I want to challenge you to take authority over lies that may be believing this week. I'll say it one more time. What lie will I take authority over with over this week? Let's close in prayer. Lord, I thank you that we don't have to to muster up somehow the ability to distinguish between truth and lie. We don't have to live a life of gullibility, being tricked and fooled, Lord, that it's as simple as, as just asking, does this elevate Christ? Does this reveal Christ? Does this make more disciples? And, and Father, I just pray that, that we would be not only truth speakers, but that we would be able to identify truth and distinguish between truth and lie so that we could remain on mission for your glory and our joy. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm so grateful that you were able to join us this week. You're not going to want to miss next week as we continue in the series for the love. Right now, please stay tuned as we talk about how it is that you can respond. Hey, Centerway. Thanks for joining us this morning. We'd like to take this time to remind you that there are many ways to respond to the scripture text and many ways to worship this week. One of the ways we can worship corporately is through singing, which we're about to do if you're with us live. If you're watching or listening to the message later, you can find the songs we're about to sing on Spotify, search Centerway Church, and look for our For the Love playlist. For those gathered on the live platform, we'll see you on Facebook Live or Instagram Live in just a few minutes.